Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. If you like today's episode, check out that website, narctroopers.com, and you will find tons of resources to help you on your recovery journey from narcissistic abuse. So, we are rivers forever flowing into the sea and the only thing constant is change so today we're going to talk about how i kept dancing when the music ended after npd abuse so dr sam vaknan author of malignant self-love narcissism revisited he said we are not pawns we are rivers I have been a dancer all of my life, decades of ballet class, dance recitals, jazz and lyrical, and even some ballroom dancing. One thing I know for sure, if you ever stop moving your feet and stop shaking your tail feathers, you're done. The show must go on. I lost all stability when my covert somatic narcissist husband discarded me over four years ago. We had a beautiful home, a secure um, lifestyle with um, well-paying careers, nice cars, lots of trips and vacations around the world, regular movies and dining and cultural events, and just overall, it's a life that most people would dream of. Then, he torpedoed me um, and the whole thing, just burned the whole thing to the ground, took nothing but a duffel bag and his cappuccino machine, and he drove off into the sunset. He murdered me that day, June 18th, 2019. He gutted me completely, scooped out everything that was uh, part of my inner content, and just left me for dead. I was eviscerated and annihilated, then erased in an existential way that only other victims would be able to comprehend. It was brutal and ruthless and without mercy. You know, I never really recovered, nor did I recapture what was lost. Over the next few years, I realized that the only way to keep breathing and inhabit the body that was ravaged with PTSD, panic disorder, and anxiety attacks so severe that I ceased to function and to live my life or anything, you know, was that I was going to have to give birth to a new, a new self and to raise her to be stronger and smarter than the poor soul who fell for the man with the serious and life-altering mental disorder. I had to create an identity, a new identity, by um, t talking to my uh, newly born self and cataloging my interests, likes and dislikes, uh, perspectives, ideas, wishes, hopes, frustrations, all that. I had to see her and by seeing her be self-validated by this new self. Then I had to parent myself, not just enough um, 
you know, just to get through the day. But I had to parent through this new idea of self-love and help my new self establish safe boundaries, recognize good from evil and all the deception and deceit that muddles the picture. I had to teach this new self, this new born person, the rules and develop discipline. I had to be there for her to safely run back to after stepping out into the world. I had to protect her and I had to make sure she knew she was protected. Now, feeling safe is a huge challenge for those of us who grew up in homes where things were dangerous, dysfunctional, or delusional. We fear abandonment, and we know that we might be helpless and actually die as a baby. And that's what would happen, you know, if we were abandoned when we're children, we could not thrive. We couldn't live. We couldn't even survive. So we're totally dependent on our parents. We have to create a safe space and safe people and safe lives where we can begin to feel safe maybe for the first time in our lives and to breathe and keep breathing and learn to live life without fear. And if you think about it, I bet a lot of you came from these unstable, insecure backgrounds where you didn't feel safe. And, and that makes us vulnerable to people who are not safe. You know, you attract what you fear. Have you heard that before? I think it's true. There is so much more to the way we must reimagine a brand new self after narcissistic abuse because they have essentially stolen our identity and they have become you, you know, before they abandoned the, the husk that was once a real human being, you know, they, they, um, they steal your identity. They're identity thieves. We have to let that person that we used to be, when we were with them, we have to let them cease to exist. And then we have to create a new one from scratch. Tabula Rosa, blank slate. Well, that's a huge task, isn't it? Since that's happened, I've been a nomad. Metaphysically and in matters of the heart, I have been homeless. But I practice abundant gratitude and I actually have a house to live in, although it isn't a home. It's not really my home, not yet, at least. I left Austin, Texas, and I came to the coast to be close to the ocean so I could invent a new me and absorb the, the energy of the sea, which has always been my place of power. You know, of course, my ex with NPD headed here to my dream location within a few months after, after he discarded me. It took me a couple of years to get up off the ground and decide to claim my dream as my own and not surrender it to him, to live it by proxy. So off I go again, um, you know, into this new uh, unchartered territory. Um, you know, I've complained this past year that I was, um, too far from the beach 
when I first moved here. And now my job is transferring me to a place where I'm actually going to be living right here on the water. I'm minutes from the ocean and I can walk beside it every day. You know, we have to be careful what we wish for, right? <laughs> so I'm, I'm here and, um, I hope it's going to bring the healing and wholeness that I feel like I need to have finally in my life. I'm not young. I'm, I don't have a lot of time left to figure all of this out. I'm just, uh, uh, you know, an older, um, person who is trying to get things straightened out, you know, to leave a better legacy behind than one of chaos and, um, trauma informed decisions, which is pretty much how I've navigated through life. The first, uh, <laughs> you know, four or five decades, it was pretty much motivated by that. My, the things that were in me that were poorly scripted, the toxic programming, the archaic wounding and all of this definitely influenced every decision I made. And in times where things were difficult, there were transitions. My, my children were growing up, uh, like, you know, going off to college, this kind of thing that puts you at your most vulnerable period during these transitory times. Maybe you're having financial distress. Maybe someone's sick in the family. It could, there could be a million different catalyzing events that can be the impetus for why you go off the rails. But I'm willing to venture that most of you who have chosen someone who is um, emotionally unavailable and mentally impaired through some disorder like a cluster B disorder, a narcissist, sociopath or psychopath uh, in particular, I'm willing to venture that you were vulnerable to that. You were open to it and, and, and almost um, invited it to come because it was something that you needed that was missing in your life that you didn't get when you needed to get it early on. And um, it's not your fault. Absolutely not. We That's one of the first things we have to do is forgive ourselves because it's not our fault that these things happen to us. We don't want to live our lives, though, as victims. That becomes an identity. And that's not who we are. I don't want to be a victim. I want to be empowered and in charge of my own life. I want to have agency. I want to have the ability to choose freely without the ghost of the past dragging me down. And I know that that's what all of us want. Um, so, you know, in tender funny moments, which all narcissistically disordered people participate in as part of their illness, hot and cold, good and bad, angel, demon, all that. I liked to act silly and do my little uh, goofy dance. It made me feel happy inside and like a little girl again. And like the mother who encourages their child, my husband would speak sweetly to me as he played the role of my mother. Yep, the narcissist is your mother, 
the narcissist is your child the narcissist is many different things to you he's you or she is you the narcissist is everything plays all the different roles wears all the different hats and that's what makes it so such a energetic pull such a powerful magnetic uh, draw to them kind of like the Death Star where it just the tractor beam just pulls you in and it's unavoidable you can't resist if you've been put together hobbled together by by chaos and dysfunction and toxicity and your in your formative years you cannot resist the um, the pull that the narcissist has to drag you down the rabbit hole with them it's just you know it's not your fault but it's it makes you susceptible to it um, but anyway we would do these little funny dances and um, you know I would have this little smile on my face this little shy smile and uh, my eyes would be fixed on him while I was doing this little silly goofy jig and I would I would like just be really just let myself go because I felt like he was uh, he had parentified me he had um, uh, had had regressed me to being a child again so that I could try to have that unresolved denied unconditional love that my mother was supposed to have for me and she didn't I was I felt like I was receiving that from from him because that's what narcissists do that's what they provide and I don't think they consciously know that they're doing it it's just some predatory adaptation or something so I would do my little jig and I, I remember just like yesterday that he would um, he would say look at her go oh yeah you got it look at her go who says that it's like a parent would say that like when their kid is doing something cute like look at her go good job look at her go and I just that was such um, food for my soul it was such balm to comfort the 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 gaping wounds that I carried inside me um, to be parentified like that you know in those moments I felt whole and complete and then he would do his little silly dance he had this hands on his hips kind of church lady parody thing like from Saturday Night Live remember church lady um, dance and and then we both would just feel happy and warm and loved because he was being parentified by me as well it was a mutual call it's what dr. Vaknin calls dual mothership that we were mothering each other we were parenting each other we were both playing all the ro roles of mother and child and um, of each other you know um, so now through something called splitting and a lack of object relations and blame shifting and delusions that create narratives to support his false persona you know I'm no longer cute or adorably adorably silly or lovable I am the bad guy in his delusional story so now I don't have that I have to parent 
myself. I have to tell myself what I need to hear. You know, I'm, I, um, I'm trying to be brave and fearless and grateful and I am strong and uh, I may be a nomad for now floating up and down the coast <laughs> um, rootless and without really having a real home um, and I may not have anyone to love me or pretend to as as the narcissist did um, you know I may not have eyes that work the way they should um, because uh, I have Stargardt and my vision is pretty impaired and I don't have youth on my side but you know what I'm a fighter a warrior a trooper and I will not just lie down and accept defeat I deserve more than that and you do too I'm gonna look out of those mag I'm gonna look at those magnificent waves I'm gonna go see them here in a minute today and when I stand there at the ocean stretched out in, into what seems like infinity and for the as far as I can see it's also that deep underneath the surface it's just mind-blowing and um, you know I'm going to feel God in those moments wrap his arms around me and I'm gonna dance along the shores and into my next life and I'm going to be what I need to be finally finally I'm gonna be that for myself so that I am not um, searching outside of myself and depending on others to give me what I need I'm gonna have it for me I'm gonna manufacture it for me and that's what we all need to do troopers um, my story is your story we're all have such common um, things among us I mean we we are a tribe we we have um, connection through the experience that we've had both as children and and in our adult lives and we really need to stop the um, stop the hemorrhaging and the role-playing and the craziness crazy making and the desperate attempt to make someone love us and to validate us because you know that's probably not gonna happen and we're just dooming ourselves uh, to failure so let's carry on and do what we um, have to do in creating these new stronger selves and uh, keeping our distance from dangerous people who are going to prey upon us just say no even though you know they have that powerful magnetic pull that just fits so nicely with the um, things that are broken and missing in us but we have to fill those things we have to repair those breaks we have to fill that emptiness for ourselves and then when the the people who are disordered come into our lives we're gonna say no thanks you know you are not okay you are not safe 
and I have safety where I am, and I am perfectly fine. I am healthy. I am well. I am whole, and I am complete. Yep, that's what we will say. So let's keep working on that, guys. Don't give up. We can do it. I know we can. I get closer every day, and you just have to really keep your eye on the goal in front of you, you know, and uh, keep moving towards it. Okay. Uh, stay on the path, guys. Much love. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.